The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. That was my slight Darlene impression. Anyway, our guest is one of the most versatile hoop broadcasters in the solar system. We are comrades in the pursuit. She's my homegirl. She played ball in college. She's done WNBA play-by-play for the Los Angeles Sparks. And she's currently a sideline reporter for an NBA team. And she's going to join myself and my loyal sidekick, Bruce Bernstein. But first... Darlene, it's all you, baby. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Darlene, thanks, my girl. Okay, so today's guest, I just love when I have friends on the pod. Plus, she also knows a thing or two about shooting threes in transition. Because when she was doing her thing at Florida State her senior year, she shot 50% from downtown. And currently, in her professional career, she's now patrolling the sidelines for the Cleveland Cavaliers on Fox Sports Ohio as the Cavs sideline reporter. She's my friend and an outstanding multidimensional basketball talent, Angel Gray. Girl, thanks for coming on. Anytime. You ask for something. Of course, I have to come through. So thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely, girl. So let's jump right into it. I want to actually rewind because you know I've congratulated you a thousand times over. But I just <laughs> need people to know that last year we were at George Mason for the WBA yes. Finals. And I think you have flown back in from your interview, maybe. And it was a little hush-hush. But we knew something yes. on the corner. And then, boom, you pop up with the NBA sideline gig. <laughs> I know it's you know what thank you I appreciate you uh doubling down on that one I want to address this the support that you know women have for other women in this business I can't speak highly enough of it especially you know your support so that means the world to me but it's it's also fun too when you know we're rewarded you know for the hard work we put in and like it's been a grind for the entire journey But it's fun when, you know, you can celebrate these victories with friends that are going through the same journey. Absolutely. A hundred, a hundred and ten percent. All right. Bruce has tons of questions for you and the Cavs. (laughs) But I want to know, like listening to you, you are an employee of Fox Sports Ohio. Are you an employee Mm -hmm. of the Cavs technically or of the network? So I'm just an employee of the network. However, I cover the Cavs and we had a great rapport. I can't speak highly enough of, you know, how the communication has been there. The partnership is amazing. So there's times where I'll be working for stuff, you know, with the Cavs name on it. Um, but I work for Fox Sports Ohio. They're the one that pay the bills. So that's my employer. Um, but we're seriously one big family and as tight knit as you can, you know, ever imagine. All right, so this is the question, and this applies to me as well, and I'm already always curious to get feedback on this because MSG Networks is sort of the same thing with the Knicks. But we came up first as analysts where we just got to take in a game and critically point out A, B, and Z on behalf of both teams, whether it was good, bad, or ugly. When you step okay. into the role you're in now or even similar to what mm-hmm. I'm doing with MSG, how 
different is it or have you had to adjust how you move in that space absolutely i think um just coming from being an analyst more so uh for you know like a network like an espn or cbs you're speaking objectively so you're you're sharing the stories of both sides um obviously you're protecting you know both teams and the storylines of both teams but you know, when you're working for a team, you want to make sure that you're protecting that team and just like highlighting all the great things that they're doing while also just continuing to, you know, be true to being a reporter and sharing the stories that need to be told. So my biggest thing, um, just working with the team and not being objective for the bigger brand of sport or like an ESPN would be um, just the fact that we may not break the news, but we can still share our point of view. Mm. So we may have a different angle or a different take because we have those relationships that are established within the franchise, you know, from maybe, you know, front office or with the players. So while they may share something that's breaking, we sit on it, but at the end of the day, we can share a different perspective, you know, to add on to it. So I'm completely fine with that, you know, so it's, that's been the biggest, you know, I would say transition, if anything. Well, girl, you are definitely killing it. Um, I know we had a chance to catch up this summer at Summer League in Vegas, and so I've met some of the people that have become sort of your Cavs family out there. But I'm always curious, Angel, because for me, we go to these conferences, whether it be Association of Women in Sports Media or even National Association of Black Journalists, and sometimes I hear these horror stories about Mm -hmm. women in the sports media landscape. Personally, raise my hands to God, give thanks, whatever. I don't have a ton of horror stories in this space, but I'm curious if that comes back to us being legitimate D1 athletes and then sort of the presence that we bring to the table. What's your your perspective on that? You know what? I honestly think energy attracts, you know, a certain energy. Mm. And I think we share that same space and the people within my circle we share that same space. I don't think I could necessarily be around someone that doesn't, you know, or isn't optimistic or going after something or driven or, you know, has the attitude of we can all make it together. And, you know, I may be in a different level or a different situation, but I'm still going to continue to praise you and like lift you up. And everyone's going through the same journey. We just have different, you know, levels of, or timing of how we get there. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly, um, I do not have horror stories and I'm grateful for that because I can, I've been on two calls already with two of my mentors that are within the same space that we are continuing to check in on each other. What can I do for you? How can I improve? You know, what are you saying? Just life, checking in on life. And I think that's the most important thing is you kind of create a sisterhood and nothing if. I don't know, you know, if you have siblings or whatever, but within that, yeah, you'll have moments where it's just like, dang, this made me mad or whatever, but you're, you're very um, open about how, you know, you address something or even in space. And I, and I'll say it this way, just as far as the trust and the intentions that someone has in your life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me, it's a, it's an energy thing for sure. Yeah, I love that. The trust and the intentions are so important. Okay, Bruce is itching to get to this current roster of Cavs with oh, you. Oh, Bruce. But before we do that. <laughs> chomping at the bit. I'm chomping at the bit. Right, literally. I, I can feel it. I can Girl, feel he's it. So 
I'm just like, Bruce, this is my homegirl. We're talk about to talk about the journey. I ain't got time for that. But anyway. Yeah, go talk about the journey some more. That's all good. Yeah, he's like, uh, go last... on the panel and talk about that. There you go. This is my last sort of journey question. To date, what is the thing that you've done with the Cavs that you are most proud of? Oh, wow. That is a great question. Most proud of? To date, I would have to say uh, Women's Day was really big mm. because I was um, – put on the broadcast with the guys at the time it was Austin Carr, which is a legend within our franchise and within the league and also um, Fred McCloud and just being that third voice um, within the broadcast, like the respect, you know, there's a front office, like everyone was very supportive, just being an African-American woman in that space um, within the NBA and calling my first game, you know, Cavs in Boston, which was a big time game. Um, that means a lot to me because you kind of like think about, that five-year plan, and that did not <laughs> come across. Like I said, mm -hmm. I always wanted to, you know, work it within the NBA. But for me to be able to call a game um, with those guys was, was really, really cool because I know that other people are watching. I know that other, you know, younger women or younger men that were watching me in that role, and I hope I exuded, like, a passion and, you know, an energy that they were proud of. Um, two things. First, we, of course, want to send our heartfelt condolences out to you as a member of the Cavs family and then, of course, the actual family of Fred McLeod. Mm -hmm. um, second, you. you bodied that, girl. Like, I remember seeing that, and I especially <laughs> loved when they pulled up the FSU highlights with your big shorts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you didn't so have happy for you. But I Why? <laughs> I was um, thrilled for you awesome. to be in that position. I appreciate position. that. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you, I mean, you earned it, you crushed it. I, I, I really, and it was the prep that went behind. I was like, oh my God, this is, and it's so crazy because I've called games. I've called more games than I did sideline. <laughs> so I'm so nervous, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I was so excited for the opportunity. And that speaks volumes of just like the network that I work for, that they would, you know, come up with the idea to do that, you know, for Women's Day. And I think it was Girls and Women in Sports Day. Um, that yep. was really cool. And for us to even share the stories for the other women involved within the franchise, that was huge. And once again, that was not just from the Fox Sports Ohio perspective, but also from the Cavs side that they were like, let's see how we can make this work. And it was one of the best times that I've had. I think, too, I know that we're covering the NBA. And it's just, to me, it's an overall story of how important all athletes are and what basketball has meant in everyone's life. And for me to share even the stories about the women on staff that other NBA fans may not know because they may not follow the WNBA, uh, those are the stories that I love sharing as well. Like sharing, you know, Christy, Christy Tolliver, the fact that she's on staff and, you know, her team, you know, is coming to see and support her as she won another championship. You know, those are the things that kind of make me happy to share, you know, the yeah, stories about sure. Shout out to Christy right here in D.C. with the Wizards. All right, Bruce. Right there. All right. All right. So, like, Angel, Monica thinks that all I care about is the NBA. But I got a journey question for you. So if that's okay, oh. I got one. I know that. Yeah. I mean, you are, uh, you know, you've done so many different roles. And, you know, mm -hmm. you're still pretty young. So congrats to you. How Thank important? You. How important is it to be versatile? I mean, you can call a game. You can break down video. You can do those kind of winging it reports during the game, injury updates, whatever. I mean, 
you know, where did you kind of learn to be a Swiss Army knife? Uh, being a student athlete and getting the Hello? job done. Hello, say it again, <laughs> I think I just learned so much being, you know, coming up in the era that I did where if you see something you want, you go after it with no questions asked. It's like if someone said you can't do it, immediately like I'm, I'm doing it. And so for me, I don't know. I just, being at Florida State, we had one of the best communications, you know, departments, you know, in the country. And I remember my teacher even telling me and for, I was a mass media communications class for reporters. And she said, Angel, I appreciate your passion for wanting to do this, but with your schedule, you, there's no way that you can pass this class. And I was like, okay, give me a chance. And I wound up getting a B in the class and she, we're the closest of friends now because she saw how much hard work goes into it. And it comes down to the one man band mentality. We had mm -hmm. to produce, we had to write our own script. We had to set up our own interviews. We had to set up the tripod. We had to edit. And then we had to come up with a package that we could share in class. Those are the things that um, mean the most to me. And I, I have a lot of people that will reach out and I'm sure Monica does too. Um, just about, how did you get to where you're going or how can I get this job? And I, especially in a, a creative, you know, space that we are in now with social media and everything, it confuses me when, you know, younger people ask that because it's like, you don't have a reel, but we're in like the YouTube and you have your own camera phone. How bad do you really want it? If, if they're promoting creativity, that's the number one indicator of how bad you want it. So just to go circle back to your original question of like how important it is to be versatile, it's extremely versatile. I mean, it's extremely important because you know everything. And I have a respect for each and every person that, you know, puts their hands into making a great production. I started off, you know, in the truck. Like I was washing equipment. I was in the edit bays. I was logging tapes. And I enjoyed every second of it. And the producers saw the passion that I had and they gave me opportunities. And with those opportunities, you know, I continued to grow. So while I was doing like little features on Twitter or, you know, doing sit downs for um, Fox Sports Florida um, where I was interning, those little things led to bigger things. And so, yeah, I did radio for UCLA and then I did play by play, which was beyond me. I, I honestly still don't know how that happened, um, but it, it was a blessing for me because I'll tell you this, in each and every role, I was nervous about taking the job. But I knew how important it was for me to be uncomfortable with doing something new so I can continue to fine-tune, you know, my job and being in this industry. And I love the game so much, and I love sports so much that I was willing to do any role um, that would allow me to continue to cover it. Sounds like you're very comfortable being outside the company comfort zone so you know that <laughs> yeah. obviously that obviously bodes well for for you know facing challenges that you don't even know you're going to face yet but that's all good okay, okay. so now uh, uh, monica expects me to ask about the calves so i'm going to ask about the calves because i watched them last <laughs> night and and they i mean they're a young team right i mean kevin love is the oldest really guy who plays on their team and uh He's the reason that Gordon Hayward got that offensive rebound at the end of the game last night. He he wasn't he didn't box him out. But anyway, uh, I'm 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 going to say that so you don't have to. 
But I'm just curious. I mean, you got a lot of young guys on that team. Are any of these young guys really showing you sort of like potential leadership skills? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a bit very interesting because even in year two, you saw what was going on last year with, you know, um, you know, just the, the youth that was coming in, you know, Colin Sexton being, you know, one of those guys, Eddie Osmond getting an extension for this year. But you see how players such as like a Jordan Clarkson, who is a prolific scorer off the bench, um, and he does what he does, like by example, but because of the balance of the team now, and I think it's, people say it's a young team, but I think it's a good mix because you have Tristan Thompson, who's there as well, and a big leader for this team. You have Larry Nance Jr., who is not just a leader on the team, but, you know, has the heart um, and, and the trust of the city being from Ohio. And then the fact that, you know, Matthew Dellavedova, those are three players that won in 2016 and brought a title to Cleveland. So they understand what it takes to win. Um, and they also have the trust of the younger guys, which will take some time. Brandon Knight is also another player on this team. The backcourt, even though he's battled through injury, he's a, a great voice for Colin Sexton and one of his mentors too. Um, and has showed that on many occasions, you know, how can we continue to get better as a team and how to be a better playmaker? So when you have other players like um, Darius Garland that are coming in that are extremely talented and Jetty Osmond that continues to get better and better, I think that it starts with those guys, with those three mainly. But um, I'm very impressed with how Jordan Clarkson has stepped out of his, you know, box to – be more vocal for the younger guys. No, he's good because, you know, he, you know, guys like Clarkson and, and Tristan Thompson, these guys have actually played in the finals, right? So at least in Tristan's case, I mean, he can show those guys a championship ring. So is coach Beeline counting on, on Tristan to sort of be like the leader in the locker room to teach the younger guys, professionalism, stuff like that? Um, I think he's gone. He's, I know for a fact that he's gone on record uh, plenty of times to talk about how it all begins with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Tristan is playing with a different passion, a different level of focus. He said he's in the best shape of his life. Um, I've seen firsthand how he's held other people accountable. doesn't matter if you're a first year or a 10th year. Like he is using his voice. He's gotten extremely better on a defensive end, we know that he's a, def a, a defender, but his goals that he set and has been vocal about it, like he's, he's taken the next step for this team, um, and it's very important that he has done that for, you know, the state of this team, um, especially with them being young and buying in a different culture with Coach Beeline. And even with Coach Bickerstaff, David Bickerstaff, who came from Memphis and just his style of play, um, I think – it's it's a good time to be a Cav. Like, I know as far as the record, they're in games and tr trying to find a way to get over the hump. But with their leadership, I think that it could be really special down the line. All right, so obviously this is your team. But just in general, when you look at the Eastern Conference this year, mm -hmm. to me, after two, maybe three-ish, one, right. two, kind of your third. See, it honestly is sort of, I don't want to call it a crapshoot, but you could, that next five slots could play out a variety of ways as opposed, to, uh, then you've got like your teams like Washington who are just going to struggle, period. But what are, like, how are you guys defining success this year for this Cavs unit? Coach Beeline was asked that same question um, just the other day and he responded with continued growth 
And I think it's a measuring stick of, of even what they did last year. Like we know that it was going to be a rebuilding situation last year and, you know, bringing new faces in and people getting acclimated to, you know, what they wanted to do. But I know this team, I've heard it on many occasions, build the right habits in order to create success so we can make the playoffs. And this team has aspirations of that right now. They, they have the pieces in order to do so. It's just, you know, when everything comes together, that's, that's when you'll see, you know, how everything is rolling. I think if you're looking at last year, they were last in defense, like mm. in NBA history. And they've made the jump in that department already. Offensively, they said they wanted to do better with, you know, moving the ball on the floor and, you know, how to find that style. I think like Golden State or the Spurs or even with Toronto. And I think even with Milwaukee now, like that's the style of basketball that, you know, is transitioning into this league. And so that takes time. But I know for this team, you know, when it starts going, it'll be really fun to watch. You can see it in spurts. Now it's just like, how can they get that for the entire, you know, game? But I'm looking at Milwaukee. They're tough to beat. We played them, and they are tough. I mean, Giannis is obviously great. Um, You never know what's going to happen with Boston. They've been on fire. They won five straight. I am a believer in Gordon Hayward. The dude is back and powerful um, after his injury. And then, you know, Jason Tatum, what he's been, Carson Edwards, and, you know, the young guys that they have going with them. Um, I think it's wide open and I, I'll be, it'll be interesting in the East. I know everyone has their eyes on the West, um, but I think it'll be interesting to see who can, you know, sneak in those top eight spots for the playoffs towards the end of the season. Kind of the, the last couple spots in the East are definitely up for grabs. And look, you know, the Cavs, I mean, I, I've seen the Knicks play. The Cavs are way better than them. So, I mean, I think so too. too. (laughs) Monica's going to disagree with us on that one, I think. (laughs) Sorry, Monica. Yeah, sorry, Monica. (laughs) I'm dealing the stats. It's okay. We're rebuilding too. Um, Okay. So, I guess for me, kind of stepping in and hanging out with the Knicks, and I know you have a front row seat to the X's and O's, the grind of travel. What you've seen going into year two in this role, Angel, what do. Or what does the average fan completely not understand, could not grasp in terms of what it means to be an NBA player? Oh, wow. It's a grind. I think it's just like a, a huge sacrifice that they make each day just coming in and, you know, battling and trying to fine tune, you know, things in order for them to continue to live out their dreams and playing. Um, but for me, it's just like every other day, or even the back-to-back from different cities. Um, and the guys, you know, fans will be like, oh, they look tired, or this and that. And I, I really, those things get to me, because it's like, if you only knew how much they put in. And I guess for me, too, because uh, I don't know from each franchise, I can only speak on the one that I'm around, you see how much they put into it. The practices, the film sessions, you know, you know what coaches are looking at, you know, on the film and, you know, on the plane and, you know, everyone's talking about your like basketball is all you live, eat, think, and breathe for, you know, the six to eight months. And so Mm -hmm. it's very interesting, um, you know, how you have to bring it every single night. And if you think about it in the collegiate aspect, where we have like 30, 32 games, and that's probably including, you know, everything even with, no, I'll say that that's about the season for college. That's, 
and I'm exhausted then, just if I'm speaking from an athlete standpoint. So it's it's very interesting to see how an 82 game season can, you know, the wear and tear on the athletes, but how they continue to push through because they understand it's entertainment and they try and put on a great display for fans every single night. True. Next time we have you on, we'll have to get into this conversation of load management from your perspective. Because our girl, because we all love <laughs> as yes. as sports media folks, our girl Doris Burke had some heat about the topic earlier. But we're <laughs> going to wrap up this interview. It has been fantastic. Angel, thank you so much for coming through. This is how we wrap up pods here on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Bruce, are you going to... I think you should take this one, Bruce. Okay, I'm going into my channeling Monica McNutt mode here, okay? Hey. I, I know, right? Not easy <laughs> to do, but I've actually gotten very high grades from Monica for this, so we'll see if, see if I can pull it off <laughs> one more time. So, buckets, boards, and blocks. We're going to ask you to give us either a bucket, a board, or a block. Here's, here's how it works. A bucket is something that you, and again, it can be about anything. It can be about the Cavaliers. It can be about your own situation, whatever. It's, it's kind of a wide open. But a bucket is your A++ thing, something you love, something that you want to see more of. A board is like a rebound where maybe something started out negative but took a turn for the better, kind of a redemption type of a thing. Um, so think rebound for a board and a block is trash. Get it out of here. We don't want any more of that. Something you want to see go away. So you don't have Animal to give us all three, right? Okay. Right. So you don't have to give us all three. Exactly. That's cool. You don't have to give us all three, but either give us a bucket, something great, a board, some kind of a rebound redemption story or a block trash. Get it out of here. Angel. Okay. Go. You're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> And so this is just for me, just period, just giving you either one. One, one of the three. Yeah, you don't have to do all three. Yeah. Just you know, you know what do you? Very interesting. This you is could do all three if you time. want, but we know you got no. a deadline. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, I will say a bucket, and I'm sorry, I am big on women and how they're represented in this league, and the fact that we have more women coaches. We have for assistant coaches, we have more women in, you know, the front office. We have, you know, women officials that are represented within within the NBA. I am loving the fact that Adam Silver said last year, I want to see more representation of women in this league. And the following season, which is the current one, we absolutely see it. So I am so happy about, you know, being in a league that acknowledges that, respects that, and continues to build in that. That's great. That's great. I noticed that one Boom. of the refs last night was a female, and she had Absolutely. a couple. Of, I was like, "Hell, oh, hey, girl!" <laughs> and, and and there was a couple times where guys, you know, were you know questioning her about the call. She was so poised. I mean, she looked at him very calm. It was great. I mean, it was like you wouldn't, other than the fact that she had a you know long hair, you wouldn't have known. And that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't think exactly. you know, basketball sees gender, so you either right. know what you know or you don't. And then you keep it exactly 100% <laughs> as a bucket, and it's so crazy because. And Angel, tell, I know we gotta let you go, but I know personally, obviously, we grew up on Doris Burke, and I didn't even Absolutely. realize that what she was doing was special because I always just felt like basketball is basketball. She covers men's, right. women's college, and the NBA and the WNBA. Like, duh, who wouldn't? And so, I'm right. so glad to be seeing, to your point, 
women in the NBA in prevalent positions and roles. Absolutely. We're on the same page, Monica. I'm loving it. That was dope. Man, I'm so happy for my friend Angel. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming through. Uh, But today on BBB Pod, the show rolls on. Here at Pure Hoops Media, we have four weekly shows. You hear me tease them at the end of every pod because I know you're listening till the end. This week, Bruce is going to discuss one of them because the special guest, excuse me, that Mike Wise will be welcoming in on Monday. Bruce, what you got on tap? Thanks, Monica. Um, We were able to secure an exclusive interview with uh, former NBA commissioner and commissioner emeritus uh, David Stern. David is somebody that I've known for about 16, going on 17 years. We worked together uh, on the NBA draft when I was at ESPN for uh, 11 straight years. I was kind of the behind the scenes producer of the commissioner. And so I have a lot of, I developed a good friendship with David over the years and uh, bugged him since we started Pure Hoops Media saying, we'd like to get you on a pod. We'd like to get you on a pod. And of course he's super busy, but finally it came through and, uh, we recently had Mike Wise in New York to uh, record an interview with him, and it's going to air the next two Mondays. We're going to do a two-part Mike Wise show, part one and part two with David Stern, on November 11th and November the 18th. Over the time that you worked with him, Bruce, how would you describe your relationship? David is is, is fascinating. I mean, he's he, you know, whatever Adam Silver has been doing that, Angel praised him for as far as, you know, making the league more inclusive and diverse. That all started under David Stern. He was he was big on this. He was always an enormous supporter of the WNBA. Always, you know, the league subsidized it and, you know, gave birth to it and kept it going. So now it's become it's like an adult now. Right. It's like 23 years old WNBA. So David, uh, over the years, the thing that I was most impressed with him He's a commanding presence. He wants things done the way he wants them done. Um, But he always was uh, a supporter of the players and a supporter of, you know, them being treated properly. Um, One of the stories that he tells Mike in the show, we're going to play a little clip from it here in a second. About 20, 19 or 20 years ago, Hoop Magazine, which the NBA uh, owns, or at least as a partner of, did a cover story on Allen Iverson. And this was when Allen was at the height of his popularity, probably around 2000. And they, you know, even back then, Allen had a lot of tattoos. He was pretty much, you know, inked up. But whoever was the photo editor for the Hoop magazine, like airbrushed out his tattoos. And mm. David, yeah, and David was not happy about it. So here's what, how, when Mike Wise asked him about it, uh, Here's uh, how David reacted to that. Your own Hoop magazine, the in-house magazine, has a cover story of Allen Iverson, and Allen Iverson is tatted up, and he got... Someone airbrushed their, his yeah. tattoos, and you were furious. You thought that Allen Iverson should be portrayed as he is. Right. And so we're, could you talk about that push and no, pull I, and, I as a commissioner and how you don't want to alienate your customer base, but you also want to let these people be who they are, irrespective of white, black, whatever. No one ever asked me about that, and I was crazed on the subject of Alan Iverson's tattoos being... uh, It wasn't inauthentic. There's a lot of tattoos being, you know, so-called whited out, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, That was terrible. 
Um, did you did you fire the guy or did you no, just tell him it was no, to reprimand him? No, no. We say we're gonna, you got to keep at it until you get it right. That was the penalty, was to uh, suffer me for a longer period of time. David always was very protective about the authenticity of the players, and you're going to hear a lot more stories like that and just some great perspective from a truly legendary figure. Uh, the next two Mondays on the Mike Wise Show, November 11th and November 18th here on Pure Hoops Media. Monica, thanks for carving out some time. I for that. love that, Bruce. One thing that I always admire about strong leadership is really being an advocate, being a server, servitude, whatever word you want to lo- use, where the those in positions of leadership are really about those that they are leading. And that is a perfect example. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. A billion times over to Angel Gray of Fox Sports Ohio, Cleveland Cavs, sideline reporter, play-by-play, WNBA, Los Angeles Sparks, Turner, popping up, doing her thing. Just thanks to my girl for coming through and sharing her story with us and being so transparent about it. Um, As always, this show literally would not exist without my fantastic producer and sidekick, Bruce Bernstein, our outstanding editor, Ben Wolfen. Um, Please check out our other weekly Pure Hoops Media shows, Now, we told you about the two special David Stern editions of the Mike Wise Show on Monday, the 11th and the 18th. Catch and Shoot 2.0 will be relaunching soon, but you can catch all of the previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Pure Hoops Podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman drops each Friday, and I'm back every Thursday with buckets, boards, and blocks. (laughs) Please rate us, review, leave some feedback, um, definitely subscribe. And until next week, college basketball's in the swing, y'all. Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. 